Welcome to the Project Fitness Podcast for fitness professionals and fitness enthusiasts who want to be better at life. Fitness is the greatest investment of anyone's life. However, it's not easily obtained, and anyone who says different is just plain wrong. Join award-winning personal trainer and strength conditioning coach Chris Fudge every Monday as he explores all aspects of fitness that can lead you to your optimal health. This podcast is brought to you by the Ready State Virtual Mobility Coach. Dr. Sturette is a movement and mobility coach for players in the NFL, MLB, NHL, and NBA, plus a doctor of physical therapy. Kelly has created a program called Virtual Mobility Coach. Every day, Virtual Mobility Coach gives you guided mobility videos. It walks you step-by-step through Kelly's proven techniques to relieve pain, improve range of motion, and improve performance. Try it completely free for two weeks, and if you decide to continue, you can get 10% off for life using the promo code PROJECT10. Hurry up, because the code expires October 1st. Welcome to another episode of the Project Fitness Podcast 10-Minute How-Tos. Today in 10 minutes, I'm going to teach you 10 things you can do starting today to be healthier. The first thing you can do is eat out less. Eat out less means make your food at home more and don't buy it on the go or at restaurants. Think of how many times a week you actually buy your food and just reduce it. If you do it five times a week, do it four. If you do it 10 times a week, do it eight. The main reason is when you buy food out and about, when you go to restaurants, you socialize with friends and family, it's all good. I'm a big fan of that. However, the reality is you're going to be consuming a large amount of calories. You're going to be consuming probably chemically enhanced foods that are driven just to make you indulge and eat more. And you're likely going to probably consuming something such as alcohol, low protein meals. It's not going to help you get healthier. I'm not saying eliminate it. I'm saying just reduce it by once. We should use social events like restaurants as social events. And remember, we don't live to eat. We eat to live. Okay. Number two, limit the amount of sugar you have in your diet, specifically sugary drinks. Sugary drinks like fruit sodas, juices, sweetened drinks, anything you get at Starbucks for over $6 are probably going to have a very large amount of added sugar to them. Unfortunately, there's many studies out there that point that sugar-sweetened beverages increase risks of type 2 diabetes, further down the road, things such as heart disease, usually because an excess amount of calories come from them and then leads to weight gain and then long-term weight gain leads to those things there. Children are obsessed with these drinks. Anyone who's listened to the podcast before know I'm not a big fan of children consuming a lot of fruit drinks or juices. Water gets the job done. There's a lot of parents who will tell me my kids don't drink water. That's because you give them juice all the time. And you know what? As a child, if I had the choice, I would choose juice over water any day. So a healthier alternative for yourself is drink things that don't have calories like water, like tea, sparkling water. If you want to get fancy, I like to throw a lime in sometimes maybe a little bit of ice, or things such as coffee. Number three, eat nuts and seeds. Some people avoid nuts because they're high in fat or avoid seeds because they're high in fat. However, nuts and seeds are incredibly nutritious. They're packed with protein, some fiber, a variety of vitamins and minerals. Nuts can help you lose weight too and reduce risk of developing type 2 diabetes and heart disease because the fat they have in there allows you to feel satiated a lot longer. What also happens is it balances out your blood sugar levels so you don't overindulge, overeat carbohydrates at another time, keeping your body composition in a healthy range. Number four, drink coffee. 
you've probably heard this before that coffee's not good for you. Coffee's bad for you. Coffee leads to this. Coffee leads to that. There's a lot of good research that says the opposite. It says coffee's quite good for you. There's health benefits. Coffee can be rich in antioxidants. Some studies have even linked coffee to intake in longevity, meaning you can live longer. Reduction of type 2 diabetes, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's disease, and numerous other illnesses. I'm a big fan of coffee. I try to get it as clean as possible, and I just drink it black. When you start adding in things like sugars and creams, spice latte, funky junky stuff, that changes the whole chemical makeup of the product that you're consuming. So I'm a big fan of drinking coffee. How much should you drink? That's individual. Some people get away with drinking two, three cups of coffee a day. Some people that caffeine just stays in their system for a long time. I know people can't have coffee afternoon because it affects their sleep at night. I would suggest to someone like that not to drink coffee. And then some people who consume it and they have very good sleep and they wake up feeling fully rested, then that's different. Consume more coffee. Make it individual to the person, but don't be scared of coffee. Number four, get enough sleep. And when I say enough, I'm not saying like bang out 10 hours of sleep a night, but get enough that you need to function to the best of your ability. Poor sleep drives insulin resistance. It can disrupt your appetite, your hormones, reduce your physical and mental performance. I mean, just lacking a couple hours sleep at night, you can have pre-diabetic blood sugars the next day. Poor sleep is also associated with weight gain, obesity, and shortened lifespan. So we know that getting sleep is important, so make sure to prioritize it somewhere in your life. Number five, drink water. I know this probably sounds ridiculous, but it's so simple. Drink water. I know a lot of people that they don't consume their first cup of water until their lunch or their dinner. They go all day without drinking it. So how much water should you consume? You should drink enough water that makes your urine transparent or like a hint or a tint of yellow. But your first bathroom break of the day is always going to be a little bit tinted or yellow. But the rest of the day, it should be pretty transparent. That's a good indication that you're consuming enough water. Now, just be aware, you don't have to just drink water to get water in. A lot of foods are high in water as well. You know, depending on how you cook the food, it can absorb water. Vegetables that are that are that have a juicy taste to them, like peppers and cucumbers, there's going to be water in there too. Even such things as chicken has water in it. So everything you consume has a little bit of water. So don't think that you just have to drink your water to get water. But if you're not drinking much water now, start drinking some. When you get up in the morning, make that the first thing you do. You go downstairs in the kitchen. If you like to have a coffee, have a glass of water while you're making your coffee. Next, supplement with vitamin D. Supplementing with vitamin D is very beneficial for people because so many people are deficient in vitamin D. Vitamin D helps you optimize bone strength, reduces symptoms of depression, strengthens your immune system, lowers your risk of cancer. And the reality is a lot of people are deficient in vitamin D. So you can do certain things as supplement with vitamin D supplementation. You can consume more foods high in vitamin D, such as eggs. You could also just try to get more sunlight. If you don't schedule sunlight in your day-to-day activities, try to get near a window whenever you can. If you're an office worker, try to get a desk near a window as well to absorb a little bit of vitamin D. So vitamin D is very beneficial for you. And I definitely suggest bump that up more than what you're already doing. Number six, eat adequate amounts of protein. If you've been listening to me for a while, you know I'm a big fan of protein just because protein works. All the diet books out there, all the health books out there, they all relate around the same thing. Have moderate to adequate amounts of protein to be healthy. For optimal health, it's going to provide raw minerals for your body that you need to create new cells and new tissue. When we're awake, all we're doing all day long is breaking down. What does protein do? It helps build us back up. How much protein? 
that's individual from person to person. But the reality is most people are probably not consuming enough protein they need to just to maintain their healthy muscle mass. A high protein intake diet can boost things such as your metabolic rate. You can burn more calories because the thermal effect of consuming protein, it also makes you feel full. Think of how many people you've met who's overeaten steaks. Oh, I had too many chicken breasts, not too often. So eventually you just consider, you keep consuming, consuming, and your body's like, yeah, I'm full. I don't need any more. Calorically per serving, it's not dense either. It's not super high in calories and comparative to fat. It's not easy to overconsume as well. So eat adequate amounts of protein. Number seven, lift weights, weight training, weight training 101. Weight training allows you to maintain the muscle mass you have. Weight training allows you to be stronger in your day-to-day activities. Weight training allows you to put on lean muscle mass. Pretty much after the age of 25 to 30, our lifestyles change so much that we start to atrophy and we lose some muscle mass. People say, I can't do these things because I'm in my 30s, I'm in my 40s, I'm in my 50s. I always say, well, that's because you stopped doing what you were doing in your 20s and you've changed. So easy thing to do is start lifting weights, join a gym, start small, start simple, but do some resistance training challenge your body so it adapts to get better. You can start off by doing things as simple as using your body weight, using some resistance bands. You got to create some form of tension. Sarcopenia is a real thing. It's muscle loss. And every decade we get older after the age of 30, the percentile of muscle loss increases. You can prevent that by doing resistance training. Number eight, I love this one here. Periodically track your food intake. Don't track it all the time. But periodically say, okay, for this week, I'm going to lock down and I'm going to see exactly what I'm eating. What that does, that lets you know exactly how many calories you're eating, lets you know exactly what are you eating, and also lets you know if you're eating too much of something, not enough of something else. What it also does is it provides insight into your protein and how much protein you're actually getting. Number nine, eat whole eggs. Despite the constant back and forth about eggs and health, it's just a myth. It's a myth that eggs are bad for you because of the cholesterol content. I've been consuming on average, probably 15 eggs to 20 eggs a week for the last 15, 20 years. And anytime I get blood work done, my results come back that my cholesterol is in a normal range. I have no signs of heart disease. I have no signs of diabetes, nothing bad that comes with eating whole eggs. And I've been doing that for a long time. And trust me, I did not win the genetic lottery. Heart disease does run in my family on both sides, male, female, Um, but I've been consuming it and I've been doing quite well. Eggs are the multivitamin of nature. It provides protein, fat. It's going to be dense in what it provides. The calories are not very high as well. It's going to keep you feeling satiated, balance out blood sugar levels, control your insulin. It actually is a superfood. There's not many people out there I've met who said, I've overeaten eggs and that got me unhealthy. That never happens. And number 10, Feed your guts. And by that, I mean, feed your gut bacteria. Your gut bacteria is known as your your microbiome. It's an incredible important part of overall health. Some people do everything right inside the gym, outside the gym, but they've got poor gut health. And because they've got poor gut health, they can't absorb the foods. They can't break down the foods. They can't use all the nutrients. So disruption in gut bacteria is linked to certain chronic diseases like obesity, digestive problems, SIBO, Good ways to improve your gut health include eating things like probiotic foods. This you'd see in the form of yogurts, sauerkraut. I love using sauerkraut to help anyone who's got digestive issues or even supplementing with probiotics. Having a healthy gut allows you to be the best version of yourself and make sure that 
when you invest in things like high quality food, you're going to be absorbing all the nutrients, going to get the most out of it. Then you can be the best version of yourself. So that is my top 10, top 10 simple things you can do to increase your health today. Never stop learning because life never stops teaching. If you've learned at least one thing from this podcast, then your mission is to help other people. Please share this podcast with them. And a reminder, we will be releasing one episode every Monday for the entire year. So make sure to hit subscribe so you get the updated information as soon as possible. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. And thank you so much for allowing me to be part of it.